Hey everybody, my name is Bob, and welcome to the Late Night Playlist. Go ahead and grab your favorite adult beverage and get ready to talk about the album of the week with my friends and me. Let's get started. <laughs> hey Bob, would you like to start the show? <laughs> hey everybody welcome to the late night playlist where we're thinking about running off the cliff this evening <laughs> so brett tell me about leif erickson oh wait wait no no never mind that's not, that's not tonight is it <laughs> okay so so tonight who are we talking about again we're talking about nick uh, nick drake. nick drake and and the album pink moon all right. Let's, first, I'm sorry. I haven't introduced everybody. My name's Dumbass, and with me here tonight we have Tom, Derek, and Brett, and and we're talking about Pink Drake by Nick Moon. Right? That sounds right. <laughs> that sounds right. And we're no. enjoying some alcohol too. We're enjoying we're some alcohol it. while we're doing it. So Nick Drake, Pink Moon. That's the album. No running off of cliffs. <laughs> <All right. laughs> <laughs> so i'll start out brett you said this was your pick what brought you to nick drake what brought you to this album so uh, nick drake has always been a a favorite of mine because uh his his arrangement oh my gosh you talk about a simple arrangement you know it doesn't get simpler than this right um in fact, the only other instrument on this whole album was, uh, I guess they overdubbed a piano on the, the song Pink Moon. Otherwise, it's just Nick and his guitar. Uh, that's it, the whole album. And uh, um, the reason I, I like Pink Moon, the, the whole album, uh, is his earlier stuff, this is the last. I mean, this is the last in the line, right? And, and the earlier stuff was a little... Um, a little more produced, a little, uh, a little more polished. Um, I don't want to use, you know, not like Steely Dan. That's that's a whole different level, but a little more polished, a little more studio. This was raw, and uh, it certainly captured a state of mind that the that the man was in. And uh, uh, reading about him, uh, you almost feel a connection to him when you listen to this album. And how amazing, right? Like to to uh, to have somebody make an album, and you really feel like you can connect with him. And he's been dead now for pretty much fifty years, right? Uh, Seventy-four. Yeah, yeah you, you can get a connection to him just a little bit, and uh, that's pretty powerful to me. And I've always enjoyed that. I, I always got something from that connection. So what did Nick in? Well, I, I was just reading about his death. It said at the so so he died November twenty fifth, and they said at the inquest in December, the coroner stated that the cause of death was acute amitriptyline poisoning, self administered when suffering from a depressive illness, and concluded a verdict of suicide. Although the verdict has been disputed by some of his friends and members of his family, 
there's a widely held view that accidental or not, Drake had by then given up on life. <laughs> that's pretty heavy shit. <laughs> oh shit. Damn. Yeah, that's Sorry a lot to that's a lot to suck <laughs> yeah. down on a uh, on an evening podcast, huh? Yeah. Well, that was a fun album. Moving on. <laughs> so, so I'll tell you my experience here with it, because I had not heard uh, Pink Moon before the album. You know, I've heard of Nick Drake before, but I hadn't heard the album Pink Moon. And I, I, generally, I generally listen to these albums while I'm rowing, because I don't like to run. So, so... I'm listening to this album and I didn't pay any attention to how long the album was or anything, you know? So I turned the album on and I start rowing and it seemed like I blinked a couple of times and I'm thinking to myself, boy, this guy sounds an awful lot like Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> and then I blinked hmm. a couple of more times and I'm like, wow, now he sounds like Bob Dylan. What's going on here? And I, I realized that uh, the album's only 28 minutes long, and my my usual rowing session's quite a bit longer than that. So I had I had outlasted the album and never even noticed it. So what, uh, Bob? That has happened to me a number of times. I had to find my Spotify setting to turn off the autoplay feature because I'd be listening on like, man, this album's long, you know, and then I had to go back and go on. And now I'm onto the like third album. Right, day, you know, and I have, to, I have to go back and re-listen to the first one, so I make certain I'm talking about the right one when we do these podcasts. Right, yeah. Yeah, I, that's a short it, album. It's a, and you. it's a good album. It's good songs, but my God, it's heavy as shit. You know. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I, I I will partially agree with you there, Tom. I think I like the instrumental of this album a whole lot more than I like the vocals on the album. If they'd release this album with just him playing the guitar, it'd probably be in my rotation a lot. Well, well that's how yeah. I came to it. Um, you know, I've been a long time acoustic guitar magazine subscriber, and there was a time probably in the, the mid-2000s where there wasn't a freaking issue that didn't say something about Nick, Nick Drake, and he was so hyped, and uh, I really got into all those uh, European guitarists, uh, um, and, and the acoustic guys, the and and you know he was lumped in with them. And I, I mean, I think I've I've got a Ryko disc collection that's like a greatest hits that has a bunch of his stuff on it. I, I don't know that I have any standalone albums, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, fucking awesome guitar player, mm -hmm. uh, and he's doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. altered tunings, his finger picking. Yep. Oh, I'll say finger picking. I couldn't tell if it's altered tunings or not, but definitely caught all the finger picking. Almost Spanish guitar in some ways on some of the songs. At times, yeah, at yeah. times. I I was so impressed. I mean. I don't think you guys can correct me, but but uh, even when we did uh, 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 what was the first one, the Sun House, uh -huh. uh, he had some accompanying instruments, didn't he? Uh, when he was live, w weren't there some other no. things other than no, I think was it was it just him? And it was just him. He, he smashed okay. the guitar and stuff. So yeah. Oh, okay. All right. He but, stomps on the stage. He yells. He screams. But uh, <laughs> yeah. 
So correct me if I'm wrong, and this will be the second guitar only album. This was this would be it. It just the artist and the guitar. No, we had uh um I can't remember that guy's name. He did the bluegrass album. Uh oh, all by Tom's. myself. Yeah, uh, yeah, I got the I got the I house, got the house to myself. Uh, David Grew. Yeah, yeah, that's David right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so third one. Yeah. Okay. My bad. Uh that was what really got me with this this album was just the uh the rawness of it, the the simplicity of it. And uh, you know, we I, I have no doubt we we ask this every time we do a I ask it every time we do a live album about uh, do you think this thing was was worked over a lot? You know, it, uh, this is a studio mm-hmm. album, but I honestly don't think it got many redubs. <laughs> I think this is how he played it. Right, this was it. Yeah. Somebody hit record. I think you're probably right. <clears throat> well, did you uh, did you read the story from Island Records of how they got the album? No, uh, tell the story. I think Bob. I know. Okay, so. I will uh I will probably mess it up so Brett feel free to correct me when I go into a ditch here <laughs> but uh the basics were um Nick showed up at Island Records one morning with a uh with a master under his arm and was sitting on a couch when when some some dude from the the executive level of island records walks in and sees him sitting on the couch and says nick what are you doing man and he's like oh well i I just thought i'd stop in never says a word about having a master of a recording with him or anything and he's like okay cool well come on up to my office you know let's let's talk so they go up to this guy's office they sit have coffee chat you know eat a donut whatever for like a half an hour pants on or off pants on and off probably (laughs) you know how these meetings go (laughs) yeah unfortunately right right so so he's up there for like a half an hour uh eventually nick's like okay well you know i should probably go i've taken up enough of your time and he stands up and he walks out never said a word about having a new album like an hour later the the downstairs uh receptionist secretary whatever uh calls the executive that that Nick had been talking to and says oh hey uh Mr. Drake left a package down here for you when he left and he's like oh hmm, okay and he goes down and gets it and it says on, on the package, it says Nick Drake, Pink Moon. And he opens it up and it's the master recording of Pink Moon. And he's like, oh, crap. This is the only recording of an album from this guy. So he's like, he rushes to the studio to get it redone so there can be two recordings of this thing, <laughs> you know, just in case. Not knowing, well, not knowing that he's, you know, weeks from dying. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, so he, this is it. Yeah. He, he rushes into the studio, gets it, uh, gets it re recorded. So there's at least two copies of this thing out there. And uh, that's, that's how he dropped this album off 
at the studio. So I don't know where he recorded it at, but I can tell you Island Records wasn't involved in the recording of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly why I said I don't think there were too many overdubs or uh, you know, too much studio work done on this one at all. This was just pretty much him hitting him hitting record, I think. Right. Um, uh, I don't know how much the 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 studio even fixed what he what he did. You know, it was uh, you listen to it and it's raw. I mean, mm -hmm. there's there's no question about it. Uh, I think they did add the piano. That was the only thing on Pink Moon, just the one song. I looked that up. That was him playing the piano also. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I didn't look that up. Uh, man. Uh, did, did you guys read any about Nick himself, like what he was like and any of that? I read a little bit about it. Okay. So, <clears throat> you know, I, I was doing the Wikipedia thing and then I was bouncing around to other websites you can find a lot of information about this guy online because he was just so, you know, he was out there. I mean, there's, there's no question about it, but when he died, uh, the course, you know, his, his, unfortunately his mom found him, uh, dead. So that, that would be a horrible experience, but, uh, she found him and, you know, of course they, they do the whole thing and, uh, getting the funeral set up and, and all that. And, and there was an announcement apparently it was in whatever newspaper or whatever. So Nick's friends showed up. So here was the most unusual, maybe of all about Nick was his friends showed up and none of the friends knew each other. <laughs> so he compartmentalized every aspect of his life. And as, as they, as the people talked, particularly with his parents, they came to understand how he behaved. He would go and spend time, sometimes days, with one person and just you know, crash on their couch, whatever, and get talk to them and, and, you know, whatever, be close. Then he would leave and they would never know where he went. They wouldn't know when he's coming back. They wouldn't know anything about him. But what he was doing, he was bouncing between friends and the friends didn't know each other. Um, amazing. It, <clears throat> when you, when you take things like the album, you take things like the, uh, you know, stories like that one and, and some of his personal stories, you can, you can find them online pretty easy. You start painting a picture of what this guy was really like, you know, and he had a, a sister, I believe it was an older sister, she was kind of getting known for <clears throat> some some racier things she was doing. She wasn't in pornos, but I don't think it was too hard to find her topless and some things. Uh, she was not hard on the eyes. Uh, still alive, lives in a castle somewhere, uh, doing really well. So another interesting thing, uh, again, this was bouncing around, doing the Wikipedia bouncing and stories on, online and everything. So his mom is where the talent came from. Uh, so his mom recorded songs and things like that herself, nowhere near as successful as him. Uh, but most of his success came posthumously, you know. Uh, but uh, she has a recording. I forget which episode it was. You can look it up. But I think we've all watched Ted Lasso at some point or other. Yeah. Uh, 
she is on the closing credits singing a song, one of her songs, original work on a Ted Lasso episode. That's Nick Drake's mom. So wow. kind of neat. So I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a little speechless. I don't know what to say. You find out, <laughs> I know. The, the show got derailed all of a sudden. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jeff Beck knew, so Jeff Beck yeah. and uh, holy cow, you know. Yeah. Did, did Jeff that's... Beck and Nick Drake ever work together? <laughs> There'd be some crossover, but I don't know if they ever met in the cross. But so IMDb has got a thing where you can pick two actors and they'll tell you what they were in together i forget how you get to an imdb if someone yes. did this for like music also so you could put people in and see where they work together or you know well i'm sure he was in the flying burrito brothers at some point everyone everyone had yeah. on the guitar was in the flying burrito <laughs> brothers at one point or another so that's a pretty certain tom's got a credit on one there glenn, glenn danzig wasn't <laughs> <laughs> he tried out for him but he wasn't right out. Did did make the they, cut? They said no, no, no. We've already got Roy Orbison, so we don't. You know. It's, uh... <laughs> but no, <laughs> I might have to pause. I, I'm out of beer. We ha- we normally talk about what we're drinking, and look at that. That is pathetic. Yeah. You're drinking yeah, an empty that, glass. That's... I am drinking from an empty glass. That is bad. Increasingly disappointed with you, my friend, as we go on here. Well, I <laughs> hammered this thing down as probably well, okay. <laughs> right? I, I got I got derailed from my beer when we found that about Jeff Beck. Right. Just, just fill that mug full of bourbon. You'll be good. Oh God. Yeah, we wouldn't make it go wrong with that. Gordy. You can't go wrong with that. At some point Bob would just mute you. He'd be fine. Is Sean <laughs> drinking Pabst? I That's am drinking Pabst. Yeah. I've been hit by a Paps truck or two. <laughs> so, so. Well, this is about to be a Mystic Mama. So, okay. Bob, what you that's got? A, that's a better there? beer. <laughs> I have an Angry Orchard Peach Mango Hard Cider. Mm, that is good. It's fairly tasty. You working on anything, Tom? I've got a Blue Moon. And I was just looking up. So, uh, interestingly enough, Bob, uh, Nick Drake played a Guild M20. Oh, nice. What, what, what did uh, John Hurt play? John Hurt a played guild. a Guild M- M120. That's what I thought. Yeah, which ah. is why I have a Guild M120, because of John Hurt. Uh, what so, a connection. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't play like either one of them. So I was going to say, have you got that John Hurt <laughs> sound down yet? <laughs> so we'll put you on tour I, if you have. I know That's most it. of his songs, but uh, I don't sound like him. No, no. <laughs> So I do wonder, should we have some rule with our podcast that the podcast can't be longer than the album? So we got a 28-minute <laughs> album, right? So, you know, are we going to do a one-hour show on a 28-minute album? Well, we got to find so, something to talk about. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, we can. Isn't, uh, uh, someone said something about Leif Erickson and baking soda. I don't know. Right. Now, baking powder. Now, here. Reform baking, baking powder. I'm. Let's talk about 1972 because you guys probably don't <laughs> remember, remember well. 1972 yeah. as well as I, I remember do. it well. Right, so. right. But uh uh I I looked and uh I 
I do have some albums in my in my collection from 1972. Ah, yeah. I probably you guys probably do as well. I say when that first Led Zeppelin come out was that? Oh. I don't think it was 72. I think it was a little earlier. Was it earlier? Okay. I think so. I didn't see I'm any thinking. Led Zeppelin in there. Dark Side of the Moon might be from uh, 72. Yeah, I think you're right, Brett. Yeah. Machine Head is from 72. Ooh. Okay. There you go. Deep Purple. Yeah. Cheers to I, that. I, I did, uh, when I was looking through it, I didn't see Machine Head. I saw Made in Japan from Deep Purple was in 72. Mm. I definitely have that. Of course, I have Machine Head, too. I probably bought Machine Head like six times over the years. It, it's definitely one of those. I, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes, like if I'm walking through Walmart or Target or something, and they have the big bin of CDs, there are certain albums. If I see them in there, it doesn't matter how many copies I own. I feel <laughs> obligated to rescue them. Right, right. You have to pull it out. Yeah, yeah. Save it a little bit. Yeah. I used but, to do that back in the day. I saw some other ones. Uh, All the Young Dudes by Mott the Hopple. Okay. Poople. Poople. Uh, that's how you say it. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Might be fucking hoople to you. <laughs> I say it however uh, the fuck I want, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bob's podcast, podcast. He's the one paying us the big money to be here. That's right. So it's whatever he Which is. album I, was it? My, my... It's All the Young Dudes. Oh, that's actually a cool song. I don't know if you guys have. It's a great song. Yeah. Yes, Close to the Edge was a 72 album. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good. Randy Newman. Yeah. Hendrix in the West, which we talked about a few months back. Oh, yeah. Oh. Don Quixote by Gordon Lightfoot. Which I listened to part of, thinking it was uh, Nick Drake. <laughs> so, on that topic, I've been after. Uh, I don't want to run the next next podcast recording we do, but but uh, I'm thinking about revising my my list. Some of the songs, you know, further down, and uh-huh. uh, I'm not going to say which, but you guys have hit on two of what's going to be added how about that i i say you get in five leaves left and brighter later <laughs> i'm not gonna say <laughs> <laughs> so give them hell give them hell well how about uh how about favorite songs how about favorite songs from this album pink moon pink moon yeah pink moon was my favorite yeah it's just uh Man, that's just right there. I'm gonna go with "From the Morning." Okay, last song on there. Yep. So, sometime in the early 2000s, I think I, maybe 2003 or four, something like that. Uh, Volkswagen. There was a Volkswagen ad that uh, had Pink Moon. Mm-hmm. They they got the yeah. rights for this commercial, and that introduced a whole new batch of people to Nick Drake. So. What's kind of neat about him, you know, people kind of forget about him. He's kind of in a lull right now, to tell you the truth. Uh, but it'll pick up. Like somebody will will play it, and you know, I, I think, I think uh, uh, Taylor Swift. You know, people like that. You know, I think some of their fans like 
accidentally hear something from from Nick Drake or from somebody back then and it's like man this is kind of kind of deep you know this is kind of wild you know and he <laughs> he'll generate a whole new you know people that were their parents weren't born yet you know that that type of thing and uh, he his his popularity comes in waves uh, that's another thing i've noticed uh, <clears throat> i think i picked up on him first heard about him sometime in like around 90 91 i think it was at ou uh and uh this you know the college scene and particularly ou is you know rather bohemian and i think i picked up on it there when did you guys first ever ever come across nick drake it was after about college a, about a day and a half ago <laughs> really no joke I had not listened to him before now. If I had, I have forgotten about it. So, yeah. Wow. Say so it, It's been a while back. I can't remember specifically when, but it was his, uh, it, like I said, it wasn't this album. I had never heard it before. And I've never seen the Volkswagen commercial either, so. <laughs> I, I can't believe in our talking about the 1972 albums, we didn't mention the album by David Peel in the Lower East Side, and the album's called "The Pope Smokes Dope." Ooh, <laughs> well, it just seemed like common sense. Yeah, <laughs> so, I don't even remember who was Pope back in '72. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> some old guy. I can't believe you don't remember who you voted for. I bet he was Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> The good there's a damn good chance of that. So, uh, oh, Meet the Brady Bunch is from 1972, also. So, Meet the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Meet the Brady Bunch. Wow. So, uh, I was looking looking through the list of some of the people that you know have been been influenced by by Nick Drake, and I mean it's a it's a huge list. Can't even begin to go through it all but um it's amazing the impact that this guy had on on a lot of people and there's even a song i don't know if you guys uh do you guys remember the the song life in a northern town oh sure, yeah. yeah yeah so that's yeah. that's a song that was inspired uh, by nick drake that's what the band um they dedicated that song to him huh. and yeah i don't know if you guys had picked up on that or read that anywhere, but uh, you, you kind of listen to that song and, and it's, it, you listen to the lyrics of that song and they're kind of telling a story and it's obviously their interpretation of what they think Nick Drake was like. And, and that, that's kind of interesting about the album. And I think all of his albums actually is your, I mentioned this earlier, but you're getting a vision of what you think this guy was really like, you know, it's, it's sort of painting a story of this guy's life accurate or not. We'll never know. Right. That it's uh it's long gone. Right. But isn't it, isn't it interesting that you can look into, into an album like this and you feel fairly comfortable that you are picking up on some tones from him. And, uh, you know, we were talking about, uh, kind of a depressing tone in, in some ways. Um, but I know from, from numerous interviews of, of 
countless other artists, right? That when they write a song, it doesn't necessarily capture anything in their soul. You know, there's nothing there. They're looking for the next word that rhymes in some cases. Um, Nick, not so much there. You kind of feel like, you know, I think this was legit with him. You know, this was really uh, weighing on him. Uh, another interesting thing I, I read about him was uh, he, he, he knew that he had talent and, and Tom, you were talking earlier about, you know, his, his uh, playing style and, and he had certainly a lot of, uh, a lot of interest in, in detailed guitar playing. Right. Um, and, and he, he knew he was good but he knew he wasn't finding success and he saw other people. You can imagine this less talented that were making money hand over fist, you know, and that was, that was a point that was frustrating to him that he's trying, he's out there making music and it's not selling. And, and he's like, what, what the hell, you know, I'm better than some of these other people, you know, (laughs) that are selling things through like crazy. So, in that sense, you know, he was every bit human. He he had the same observations about uh, I'm good and I'm better than this. And why am I not making money hand over fist? You know, uh, so it was kind of neat to, to to pick up on those things. I don't think you'd hear that in the music. You're never going to hear that in the music that that came from other people who actually knew him and, right. and were quoting him. So kind of neat there. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I have no doubt that he influenced a whole slew of people over the years. Because, you know, like I said, I really only listened to him in the last day and a half. And listening to him, I get to hear his influences and other people I've listened to, especially in the last decade or so. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a big list. I mean, The Cure, you know, they're Mm -hmm. on there and REM. just yeah these are just some of the some of the few ones that i'm, I'm listing but um right. just an amazing talent and it kind of goes back to um a tortured soul obviously he made amazing music and it's sad that he overdosed and, and died um it's, it's horrible but you wonder sometimes would the music exist if he wasn't that tortured soul you know what I'm saying? The, the, it exists because of that that ang, ang, anguish, the angst, the, all of that right. is why the music's there. Um, so uh, it's it's literally that's his epitaph. I don't know if you guys saw that, but his tombstone literally has a a lyric from the last song on Pink Mood. Wow! It, did you guys know that? So it says. Uh, no, the gravestone is inscribed with uh, now we rise and we are everywhere. Uh, so deep and stuff. Yep. <laughs> you know, I wonder, cause you, it's a story, you know, almost as old as time itself. Uh, you know, somebody, somebody with, with much more talent than, than the people around them, but yet nowhere near as successful as the people around them. Uh, it, it seems like maybe when people are just that much more talented, 
than the than the average human being us average folks just just can't appreciate it or can't get it can't yeah. understand it. yeah right you know it's just too yeah. much for us so it takes somebody that's kind of a go-between you know those kind of talented people that can understand it appreciate it and then transfer it into something that we can understand so that they can uh Ooh. yeah <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> well, let me give you the I'll ask I'll ask our, our board I'll, I'll ask the panel of experts here. Is Jimi Hendrix an American act or a British act? Well, I so I I I'm a, I fully believe Jimmy was an American act that because he was black and uh, came up through the Chitlin circuit and played with uh, 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 all of those acts. Uh, he was not appreciated in the United States. And when he went over to England, uh, that was the place to be. They were That was where the British blues was blooming because they appreciated the the black musicians from the states and and uh, but he was american i mean he was oh yeah oh yeah he's u.s army i mean my goodness yeah uh but but i i think it's amazing he couldn't get anywhere over here it just oh, wasn't no. it wasn't flying he had to be exported back and and the experience was all british dudes mm -hmm. yeah it was kind of the monkey scenario where they uh, hired a couple guys. They got one good one and one not so good. <laughs> you know, the, the, the drummer was great. The no Redding was just kind of there. <laughs> Tell me what you really think, Tom. And, well, and then eventually, and then eventually, Billy Cops came into the picture, and and uh, the magic really happened. They're all gone now, right? Uh, I think so. Seems like, yeah. Yeah. I guess it's a miracle they lived as long as they did, you know. Uh, but <laughs> that was a rough I, lifestyle. But uh, I'll be honest, I think that scenario still very much exists to this day where we in the United States uh, are uh, not able to grasp some of the real talent and uh you know we get hung up on on you know the stuff that's on the shelf the 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 pop acts and all that and you know you look at a lot of the jazz and classical musicians they are much more appreciated overseas my two cents i totally agree with you i i i this has really kind of slammed me uh, pretty hard lately when I, I start YouTube up and I'm getting all these suggestions. You guys will know exactly what I'm talking about. There's these not hard on the eyes females playing Sultans of Swing or some other, you know, all along the Watchtower and the Hendrix version. And they're not hard on the eyes and they're outstanding guitar players, you know, just, just incredible. And, and you think, you have some serious talent here and, you know, why aren't you, you know, doing a, 
selling out arenas somewhere, you know. But there it yeah, is. It depend, depends on the income they're making from YouTube, right? They may be making enough from YouTube. It's like, yeah, I don't need to sell out arenas. I'm uh, maybe agree to these videos I put out makes X. I don't think they're making Taylor Swift money, but I could no, be wrong no, about no, that. No. No, 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 no one other than Taylor Swift is making Taylor right. Swift money. Well, uh, I don't think the money is in the music anymore. The money is in the image. The money's in the marketing. Right. And, you know, if you're getting right. into it for the music, you're probably going to be pretty goddamn poor. Yeah. But if you're getting into it to build an image and, and sell Taylor shit. Swift is a master of selling the image and yep. putting the image together. Oh yeah. 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 She, but again, she that, completely gets it. Yeah. It, 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 I don't think it's that way in Europe. I think they, they, is there some of the image, some of the marketing you bet, but I think there's still much more an appreciation of the talent and the music and the, you know, the art that's being created, you know, as opposed to being sold a sandwich. You know, damn it, we ought to have a European band on this podcast sometime. We ought to do Haven't a we? European act. Haven't we? <laughs> I'll say it. Well, surely we have, right? I'm I joking. Mean, I'm, we, we I'm, haven't, thinking uh, next one. I'm thinking of our next one. <laughs> we haven't been prejudiced about anybody. I was going to say, I can't believe we went and had a... Those goddamn Canadians. I say, I don't think our next <laughs> one's European. Those that's that's not that's not from Europe. That's uh <laughs> I'm trying to think of something I, stupid to say, but I can't I, come up with it. Normally, I, stupidity I, I, comes I, to me very easily. I, I did see Iron Maiden on the list coming up at some point here, so there's at least one European act. There, and we've yeah. got yes, we've got King Crimson. We've okay. got some some good European shit coming up. Right. Have any of you guys seen? Well, I don't want to f- do a foreshadowing here, but have any of you seen Yes live? No, it's, I was Not, telling my daughter today, that's the one of the biggest regrets of my life. Well, yes, it's starting to become like the Flying Burrito Brothers, right? <laughs> like a whole, uh, you know, <laughs> well, and, <laughs> their Wikipedia and, page goes on and on like a CVS receipt, you know. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I would, I would only want to have seen yes when there were at least three or four of the original members <laughs> in the band. Okay. I got lucky. I was I went to Disney World one day and uh, walking around and I'll not name names, but uh, my favorite former Marine in my group is leading me around. He knows that place like the back of his hand. And he's like, hey, look, John Anderson's performing. I'm like, OK, got to go watch John Anderson. So I sat down and I was there for probably an hour watching John Anderson sing sing a number of tunes. Um cool. round roundabout and, and some outstanding stuff. Uh you know, he was not a young man doing this. Did, and did did he sing Keep Your Hands to Yourself? He did not. That was not one. <laughs> and probably should have, because he had some woman come on stage with him and, and yeah. But uh, she was kind of getting be, handsy, It could but... be a different John Anderson I'm thinking of. But, you know, so. oh, you're thinking, you're of, the thinking country of the country singer. singer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm well, thinking of yes, No hug and no squeeze. I, I, I went there first, too, and then I remembered we were talking about yes, and I, I pulled back down. 
<laughs> so so interesting, interesting fact. So John Anderson, I believe this past fall, went out on tour with the Band Geeks band. Really? Yes. And he, uh, my under that the band uh, for Best Buy from uh, uh, yeah. sorry, <laughs> just a bad joke, Richie Castellano. And, and I believe I read where he was impressed by their yes covers. And and if he hadn't already taken them out there, they were talking about doing a tour mm. with them as his backing band. Oh, they're great, they'll, they'll set up your TV and then play a. With John Anderson, they'll bring John, John Anderson, Anderson into right. your house. Set up your cable, set cost, up your internet. I think that costs extra, though. It's, uh, yeah. I'll pay it. I'll pay it. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what John Anderson's uh, swinging. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, swinging. That's that was a good song. I remember yourself. that. Yeah, I couldn't forget. You're, you're thinking Georgia Satellites. Yes. Yeah, Keep your hands to yourself. Yeah. Am I wrong? I thought John Anderson did that too, but I'm probably wrong. So no, John Anderson yeah. was not in the Georgia satellites. It's His a different big... different spelling, right? Is he J O H N? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because the John Anderson from Yes doesn't have an H in the John part. He's just J O N. Now let's take a quick poll about that. Because uh, you know, should should anybody who doesn't have the H in their name, if their name is John, should should they be lined up against the wall here? <laughs> nah, I'll let that slide. You'll let that slide. I, if they change their name to take the H out, you know. Then, then we put them parents, up against the wall. That, okay. that if their parents gave them that, you know. Right. Okay. Not know. their fault. We'll let them pass. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I'm out of beer. <laughs> I Get him up too. against the wall. Okay, never mind. I'm no, sorry. I'm going a little too this. a little too Pink Floyd for us all here. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to our discussion about Nick Drake's album Pink Moon. Make sure you stay with us next time while we talk about Volbeat's albums Guitars, Gangsters, and Cadillac Blood. Until then, I hope all your late nights are good ones.